New York City officials say their repair program for homes damaged by Sandy is finally showing some progress, but it got off to a slow start. The first one didn't begin until this past March, a year and a half after the storm hit. Earlier in July, WNYC's Matthew Sherman sat down with the architect of the Build It Back program, Brad Gare, to find out why it took so long. Gare is now a vice president for disaster planning at NYU Langone Medical Center. I think getting things out faster are relative in, to some extent, and the situations are always different, right? The, the, the area is damaged, the level of insurance, the types of damage, the, the home ownership. I think at the end of the day, the lesson that we should take away from this is it was easy after Katrina to, to blame governments in the South. In this case, three of the most robust, capable governments in the United States, the state of New York, the state of New Jersey, and the city of New York, really didn't do markedly better than anyone else has in getting these funds out quickly, effectively, and efficiently. Everybody's mad. Everybody's dissatisfied, just like they are in every one of these disasters. One person I spoke with, one homeowner in, in Midland Beach, Staten Island, he said, where's the cookbook? We've been through so many disasters. Why doesn't this country have a cookbook where we know immediately what to do after a disaster hits? It's a great point, and I think a good bit of it is we don't have a national strategy yet for disaster recovery. So what happens is each federal agency has their own piece of the solution, but they're all looking at their piece and not downstream. Well, let's talk about the Department of Housing and Urban Development and the community uh, block grants, because that really is what I think we're talking about when we're talking about build it back. Forget the coordination. Why can't people like you in your position in New York City or elsewhere be able to get that money out the door within a couple of months? Well, that would be ideal. Like everything else, things get harder as you get farther away from the disaster. So in the immediate aftermath of disaster, Here in New York City, we were able to do the rapid repairs program with FEMA, starting immediately to go into people's homes and repair the heat, hot water, electricity. There were no major environmental reviews that had to take place. A lot of the contracting rules were waived so that we could expedite getting the help out on the streets. As you get farther away, the bureaucracy really kicks in. Then we're starting to have to do full-blown environmental reviews on each and every house. We have to send notices to federally recognized Indian tribes, Native American tribes that may have a stake in this area because they lived here many, many generations ago, and there could be human remains or other artifacts involved. We get that. We're sensitive to that. But when we're in Midland Beach in a house and all we're doing is repairing the walls and the ceilings and the floors, we're not going to come across archaeological remains doing that. What I'm hearing a lot about is that Build It Back lost paperwork, that one team came out without an asbestos inspector and another team had to come out, problems that had nothing to do with government regulation and such. I think a lot of this gets to the real root of the problem, and that is that there's not a standing program in place that can be turned on for this. So what happens is with the HUD CDBG program, the idea on the part of the federal government is we're going to make this as flexible as possible. We'll provide the money and some ground rules, and then let the local or state government design the programs and implement it on their own. And I think if we had an existing off-the-shelf program that the federal government funded, preferably that we could turn on right after the disaster, we wouldn't have the same kinds of challenges because it is setting up like a, a new business. So when you start a big new program or you're not set up to review people's insurance and personal records and come out and inspect their homes for totally different sorts of things than you normally do, mistakes happen. It's inevitable. 
but you did mention something in the LA Times, which is that every city state goes through a disaster, ends up outsourcing with a fairly small number of multinational corporations who do this type of work and ends up being disappointed. Can you elaborate on that? I can. And let's not take the easy road and blame the contractors because the contractors, I believe, struggle time and time again because of the way the program is structured again at the federal level. But these contractors, they're in the business of making money. And so when these disasters happen, they naturally come there. They naturally talk about the experience they've had on these past disasters. And they naturally don't necessarily fully divulge the challenges that they had. It also becomes complicated because someone who worked for a large company in Mississippi after Katrina may now be with a different company. And so when you ask Mississippi how that company did, they may say the company was terrible, but the individual project manager was great, or vice versa. So what you end up with is it's not easy to figure out who did well and who did poorly, other than in the grand scheme of things, none of these have gone very well, but there's no one else to choose from unless you want to try with a company that's never done it before whatsoever. That was Brad Gare, the city's former director of housing recovery operations, speaking with WNYC's Matthew Sherman.